The following comes to you through Podbean.com. In the Artist's Realm with Sylvia Stein. Here we go. To another in the artist realm. My name is indie author or Sylvia Stein. I am an indie author and I'm so happy to have you here on in the artist realm to be able to do our show for today, which is going to be on Roy Peter Clark's book, Writing Tools, 50 Essential Strategies for Every Writer. And we're going to discuss today about fear not the long sentence, which is tool number seven. This, as he states, takes the reader on a journey of language and meaning. Now, if you're not familiar with Roy Peter Clark, just to give you an update, excuse me, too much coffee this morning. Uh, first of all, first and foremost, happy Tuesday. I hope everyone is doing well. For me today is, uh, was to stay home and take care of my daughter because she has been sick and she's had a cold. And we had to, you know, do the doctor thing, get her medicines, and now we're home. And, you know, I'm, I figured I could work on the show for right now while she's resting. Um, and But yeah, thank you all for the well wishes. Uh, for those of you on my Facebook that sent wishes, I do appreciate them. But if you're not familiar with Roy Peter Clark, he is a writer who teaches and a teacher who writes and is Vice President and Senior Scholar of the Poitner Institute, one of the most prestigious schools for journalists in the world. He has written or edited many books about writing and journalism, and he has spoken about the writer's craft on The Oprah Winfrey Show, NPR, and Today. And the reason I found out about Roy Peter Clark was because I read Stephen King on writing, which is another book I'll be doing later. And I keep mentioning it, and I haven't done that, but I will. I do plan to get back to it. So um, if you have not gotten your copy of the book by Roy Peter Clark, I suggest you go out and get it. He does have a revised version, 55, I think now, Essential Strategies for Every Writer. But I still have the Writing Tools, 50 Essential Strategies for Every Writer. And I did discuss this earlier on when I started my podcast back in January of last year. And it'll be another... Uh, two years at this effective this January. So um, a lot has happened. We've stuck with the name in the artist realm. Uh, and I'm really pleased that people have responded well to the downloads, the, the free downloads that I have uh, applied to the show. And uh, we've gotten a really good response. And I can't thank any, anyone enough for all you've done. But before I get into the uh, things that are going on for our show, I wanted to um, uh, let you all know, but first of all, let me give you all a shout out. 
best to say thank you for the for the amazing downloads you've given us. And this is all through GarageBand. So shout out to GarageBand for their creativity and giving me all these uh, jingles and sounds through my uh, iMac. Uh, but I wanted to say thank you. But I wanted to make another announcement. Um, basically, it is to kind of say that, uh, you know, to show you guys that um, the announcement is now because of the downloads, um, it's over 1,511 downloads, I was able to apply for crowdfunding uh, for the show, which is exciting and nervous too. But I wanted to um, say that now I've set up the crowdfunding page uh, on my um, in the artist realm and all social media. And I wanted to let you know that if you'd like to be a sponsor for the uh, in the artist realm uh, to to support it, um, you can go into it and find out all the details. But basically, it's a way to promote more of the show to do more to get more people to tune in and also to provide back a shout out to all of you that support it along with earning an ebook a free ebook uh, from me of your choice i have three books out plus other anthologies i've done and you get to select what ebook you want and uh and i'll be able to send it to your email and that's what i'm starting out with and i hope you will support it and I was really excited when I checked uh, Podbean and they were able to let me start on the crowdfunding through Stripe. Um, and it's, uh, you know, to be a, uh, you can become a patron for the show. And if you'd like to support it, please uh, log on, you know, try to donate. It's only a dollar. My goal for the first month will be 300 um, to try to set up to start with and then go from there. <clears throat> but... I am grateful and I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm really grateful for all the support I've gotten and for all of you tuning in and those that have checked on even when I haven't done but announcements and you've downloaded those. I really appreciate that. But, and I plan to do another section for shout outs and special announcements and I will work on the effects on that as well. And I'm also uh, later on, probably next year, I want to look into trying to work with someone to help assist me with the podcast, but that probably won't be till next year. And I'll be sure to keep everyone posted uh, who might be interested in helping out. But for right now, I want to go into Roy Peter Clark's book. So I'm not, I'm going to do another sound. And now we're going to change gears to start on tool seven, fear not the long sentence. So we're going to go into this sound or, okay. So let's begin. Fear not the long sentence. And this comes from Roy Peter Clark's book, tool number seven, page 36 on the paperback. And as I said, I have the old version of the of the book, and and I love paperback. So this was the one published. I believe this copyright is two two thousand six. 
Uh, and it does have a excerpt from the Glamour of Grammar Copyright 2010 by Roy Peter Clark. But right now we're focusing on tool number seven, Fear Not the Long Sentence. And what he says about it is, Everyone fears the long sentence. Editors fear it. Readers fear it. Most of all, writers fear it. Even I fear it, he says. Look, an look, look, another short one. Shorter. Fragments, fragments, just letters. And then he puts letters Fs. Can I write a sentence without words, just punctuation? And then you go into panic. So he says, write what you fear. Until the writer, he says, tries to master the long sentence, she is no writer at all, according to him. This is his opinion. For while length makes a bad sentence worse, it can make a good sentence better. My favorite Tom Wolfe essay from the early days of the new journalism movement is A Sunday Kind of Love. A Sunday Kind of Love, sorry. Named after a romantic ballad of the period. The events described take place one morning in a New York subway station on a Thursday, not a Sunday. Wolfe sees and seizes a moment of youthful passion on the city underground to redefine urban romance. And this is taken from A Sunday Kind of Love by... Uh, an essay by Tom Wolfe, and this is what it says. Love, a tar of libido, love, a tar of libido in the libido in the air. It is 8.45 a.m. Thursday morning in the IRT subway station at 50th Street and Broadway, and already two kids are hung up in a kind of herringbone weave of arms and legs, which proves one has to admit that love is not confined to Sunday in New York. So he says, love, a tar of libido in the air. It is 8.45 a.m. Thursday morning in the IRT subway station at 50th Street and Broadway. And already two kids are hung up in a kind of herringbone weave of arms and legs, which proves one has to admit that love is not confined to Sunday in New York. So that's the example he gives, and he says, that's a fine beginning. Erotic fragments and exclamation points, the concave convex connection of love captured in herringbone weave, the quick movement from short sentence to long, as writer and reader dive from the top of the ladder of abstraction from love and libido down to two kids making out, back up to variations on armor in the metropolis so they give he gives two uh different he gives us a long sentence but he's describing the love in the air the what what the atmosphere is and then of course he the use of herringbone weave of arms and legs uh describing these young people you know as as he puts it making out and and basically it backs up the variations on armo in the metropolis he continues, during rush hour, subway travelers learn the meaning of length, the length of the platform, the length of the wait, the length of the train, the length of the escalators and stairwells to ground level, the length of lines of hurried, grouchy, impatient commuters. Notice how Wolf uses the length of his sentences to reflect that reality. So here's another excerpt by Wolf. Still the odds, all the faces come popping in clots out of the 7th Avenue local, past the King 
size ice cream machine and the turnstile start whacking away as if the world were breaking up on the reefs. Four steps past the turnstiles, everybody's already backed up haunch to paunch for the climb of the ramp and the stairs to the surface. A great funnel of flesh, wool, felt leather, rubber, and steaming alumi crone with the blood squeezing through everybody's old scleric arteries and hoping up spurts from too much coffee and the effort of surfacing from the subway at the rush hour. Get there on the landing are a boy and a girl, both about 18, in one of those utter, my sin, back-bearing embraces. So all this commotion is going on, but yet there's two people that are just enjoying each other. At at the end, they're, they're about 18, a boy and a girl, and in one of those other mycin backbreaking embraces. He continues by saying, This is classic wolf, a world where scaloric serves as an antonym for erotic, where exclamation points sprout like wildfires, where experience and status are defined by brand names. My sin was a perfume of the day. But wait, there's more. As a couple canoodles, a calcade of commutes of commuters passes by. So it continues, or he continues, all around them, 10 scores. It seems like hundreds of faces and bodies are perspiring, trooping, and bellying up the stairs with artioscaloric grimaces past a showcase full of such novel items. As joy buzzers, squirting nickels, finger rats, scary tarantulas, and spoons with realistic dead flies on them, past Fred's Barbershop, which is, which is just off the landing and has glossy photographs of young men with the kind of Baroque haircuts one can get in there and up onto 50th Street into a madhouse of traffic and shops with weir- weird lingerie and gray hair dyeing displays in the windows, signs for free teacup readings and a pool-playing match between the Playboy Bunnies and Downey's Showgirls, and then everybody pounds on toward the Time Life Building, the Brill Building, or NBC. So this is this very long detailed by Wolf. And um, Roy Peter Clark continues. Has any reader ever experienced a more glorious long sentence, a more rollicking evocation of underground New York, a more dazzling 128 words from capital letter to period? If you find one, I like to read it. A close reading of Wolf suggests some strategies to achieve mastery of the long sentence. And this is what he says you, you need to use. It helps if subject and verb of the main clause come early in the sentence. Use the long sentence to describe something long. Let form follow function. It helps if the long sentence is written in chronological order. Use the long sentence in variation with the sentence of short and medium length. Use the long sentence as a list or catalog of products, names, images. Long sentences need more editing than short ones. Make every word count even in a very long sentence. So here he's giving you the examples of what he means. He says, it helps if you use subject and verb of the main clause. Come early in the sentence. Use the long sentence to describe something long. Let Form, follow, function. 
It helps if the long sentence is written in chronological order. Use the long sentence in variation with sentences of short and medium length. And use the long sentence as a list or catalog of products, names, images. Long sentences need more editing than short ones. Make every word count, even in a very long sentence. So then he goes on to say, Writing long sentences means going against the grain. But isn't that what the best writers do? In his novel, The Rings of Saturn, W.G. Sebald uses the long sentence, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, uses the long sentence to explain and mirror the antique prose style of English essayist Sir Thomas Brown. So here is another example by The Rings of Saturn by W.G. Sebald, and he is mirroring the antique prose style of English essayist S.S.S.A.S. Sorry, Sir Thomas Brown. In common with other English writers of the 17th century, Brown wrote out of the fullness of his erudition, deploying a vast repertoire of questions and the names of authorities who had gone before, creating complex metaphors and analogies and constructing labyrinth sentences that sometimes extend over one or two pages. Sentences that resemble processions or a funeral cortege in their sheer ceremonial lavishness. It is true that because of the immense weight of the implements or of the impediments he is carrying, Brown's writing can be held back by the force of gravitation. But when he does succeed in rising higher and higher, through the circle of his spiraling prose, born a loaf like a glider on warm currents of air, even today, even today the reader is overcome by a sense of levitation. So it continues, or Roy Peter Clark continues by saying, In the 1940s, Rudolph Flesch described the effects that made a sentence easy or hard to read. According to Flesch, an 1893 study illuminated the shrinking English sentence. The average Elizabeth, Elizabeth written sentence ran about 45 words, the Victorian sentence to 29, ours to 20 and less. Flesh used sentence length and syllable count as factors in his readability studies, an arithmetic once derided by E.B. White in his essay, in his essay Calculating Machine. Writing is an act of faith, wrote White, not a trick of grammar. The good writer, according to Roy Peter Clark, says, must believe that a good sentence, short or long, will not be lost on the reader. And although Flesh preached the value of the good 18-word sentence, he praised long sentences written by such masters as Joseph Conrad. So even for old Rudolph, a long sentence, well-crafted, was not a sin against the flesh. So meaning flesh, the writer, which is uh, Rudolph Flesh. So the workshop for this week, uh, as I'm covering this section of Fear Not the Long Sentence, is on page 39 of his book. Now, this workshop says, keep an eye out, number one, for well-crafted long sentences. Test them in context using the criteria above. So, my homework to everyone, if you want to consider it homework or something to work on 
for yourself is to go into Roy Peter Clark's book, read Fear Not the Long Sentence, go back and look at the essays by Tom Wolfe. That was the first one I gave. Then we also read um, The Rings of Saturn, W.G. Seabolt. We gave an example of that where he is uh, using the style of English essayist Sir Thomas Brown. And then they go a little bit into Rudolph West and what his thoughts were. I mean, Rudolph Flesh, sorry, and what his thoughts were. And they kind of mention also others like Joseph Conrad, although they didn't give examples, and E.B. White. And test them in context using the criteria above. See if it works for you when it comes to the long sentence. Then the second part is during revision, most journalists take a longish sentence and break it up for clarity. But writers also learn to combine sentences for good effect. Review examples of your recent work. Combine shorter sentences for a richer variety of sentence structure and length. And then number three, here's a passage from the novel, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Jean Dominique Balby. And this is the example they give. I am fading away, slowly but surely, like the sailor who watches the home shore gradually disappear. I watch my past recede. My old life still burns within me, but more and more of it's reduced to the ashes of memory. Okay, that's number three. Now, it says here, revise this excerpt into a long sentence. I mean, revise this excerpt into a single sentence. So, I would like for you to focus on one, two, and three for the next show, which hopefully will be by Friday. Um, I hope to give the other part of this so we can go over the workshop. If not, the latest would be Monday. But I hope to get back to discussing one, two, and three, so we can revise this expert into a single sentence, because then I'm going to have you work on four, five, and uh, four, four and five. Now, you can use the formula that was given by uh, Roy Peter Clark in regards to Thomas's essay, where you use the subject and verb of the main clause early in the sentence, or use the long sentence to describe something long, let form follow function. You could also use chronological order. Use the long sentence in variation. Use a long sentence as a list or catalog of products. Or Long sentences sometimes need more editing than short ones. Make every word count, even a very long sentence. So the whole point of this workshop from the Fear Not the Long Sentence is so you can practice using this formula. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It's just of what Roy Peter Clark is advising in his book, uh, Writing Tools, 50 Essential Strategies for Every Writer. So I hope you'll take that into account and try to uh, work on that. So that way we can go over it next show and then go into four, five, then uh, four and five, which are a little bit longer, and then try to dive in to establish a pattern, then give it a, uh, a twist, a twist. A twist. My now I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm floating my words around. A twist. Establish a pattern, then give it a twist. Build parallel constructions, but cr cut across the grain. So that's for tool number eight, which will start off hopefully after we discuss the workshop. Now, as I said before, 
the indie artist realm, uh, we've grown a lot from when we started in January till now. And the last six months have been overly productive with a lot of interviews and writing tools and a lot of things. And now it, you know, I'm doing crowdfunding and you can become a patron to support the show, which I hope you will do. But I couldn't have done it all and get this far without all of you. Um, and, you know, the listeners, you are who make the show and all the authors that have come to this show and have had people download their episodes, which I hope to continue the one on one interviews with other authors and artists of all type, because that's why it's called in the artist realm. And I hope you'll continue to support the show and you'll uh, stick around for more information and announcements. But for today. I hope you enjoyed the tips on tool number seven. Fear not the long sentence, which takes the reader on a journey of language and meaning. This has been In the Artist Realm with indie author Sylvia Stein. I am Sylvia Stein. I'm happy to be with you guys today. Happy Tuesday. I'm glad I was able to do this show with you guys today. Again, I appreciate all the support. For my page and also for the well wishes on my daughter. Thank you so much for tuning in. You all have a wonderful day and I hope to have more shows to come and more news to, to present to you guys. I will also be doing my uh, cover reveal of my new thriller coming out hopefully by late next year. I'm hoping by May or June of next year, maybe July, uh, my new thriller will be out and I appreciate all the support I've gotten for, uh, to promote that as well. And I hope to bring you more artists to come out in the show, um, other authors, artists, and we'll continue and we'll discuss the workshop on my next show. And thank you so much for tuning in. I will leave you now with uh, 44th Street and Long here on um, In the Artist Realm. And thank you so much for tuning in. And this has been um, my podcast through Podbean. You all have a wonderful day. In the Artist Realm with indie author Sylvia Stein. Stay tuned for the next show on Friday or Monday of next week. Thank you.